Welcome back to another episode of the Tremors Podcast. I am Neelamani Krishna Das, also known as Abhi Headmark, and I'm joined today again by my older brother, Nishringapali, or Nima Headmark. Um, the, other day, the other day, um, you were talking to me about how you had watched um, the conversation between, I think his name is Jai Jagannath, and... Um, mm-hmm. He was teaching with Kastuba. Uh, with Kastuba Ru, and they were talking yeah. about gunas. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about how you thought, or how you thought that the explanation of gunas in general hasn't been explained in a way that gets to the, the core of it. Mm-hmm. And you started to explain to me what the core of it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I liked... I'd like you to talk to me about that. Okay, so I was listening to that that lecture, and I think it was Jai Jagannath Kastuba, and they're, they've been doing lectures on the Bhagavad Gita, and we know that Bhagavad Gita has a, a section that goes into, it goes into, Krishna teaches the concept of the gunas, or the threefold qualities of materiality. Um in regards to several aspects um, of life, such as renunciation, charity, action, um, knowledge, work. And he, he breaks down how to decipher the differences of those different categories, you know, so. But what I, what I tend to see is a push to separate the gunas and, cl- and, and sort of devalue some gunas and overvalue others. others. So, for example, there, there's the overvaluing of sattva guna and the devaluing of tamaguna and rajaguna. Now, the yoga sutras tell us that we should strive for a life that is predominated by sattva guna, which is true. Um, but I, don't, I haven't seen anybody explain sattva guna in a way that corresponds to everything that I've read, nor with what I really understand sattva to mean. Um, well, do you want to so, elaborate on that? So if we can, if we, we can go into this. We can talk about, first, let's talk about tamaguna. Okay. And we can talk about the value of tamaguna. So first, we'll, we'll talk about how tamaguna is valuable. Tamaguna is sleep. It's unawareness. It's, it's unconscious. It's unconscious. It's sleep. So without sleep, you know, the body deteriorates. You can go crazy. If you don't have deep sleep every night, if you don't have REM sleep every night, you can actually suffer a lot of psychological problems. 
Tamaguna is also inaction, inactivity, which is rest. It's, it gives time for the body to recuperate. Does Tamaguna contribute to um, the brain's ability to pay attention to what's important? Or what it might think is important versus what it, it yeah, really exactly. is. Yeah, exactly. Well, I talked right? about like, that, right? I the, said the that. The ultimate of, of sattva would be om tat sat. That would be Brahman realization. Right. At its peak, yes. right? So then you're aware of everything, everything. at once. Right. Whereas when tamas... Right. The careful balance of tamas means, okay, so for example, let's talk about Krishna. Krishna and Arjuna on the battlefield, right? And they're having a conversation. In yeah. the middle of the armies, they're having yeah. a conversation. This requires that they actually ignore a lot of things to have that conversation. Yeah. If the mind were... Uh, so, in other words, focus requires you to ignore so therefore this so modes many never things. Separated. Yeah, well, the modes, yeah, the modes can never be separated. Yeah. Th that, that's my main point. And I, and I learned this idea from the Mahabharata because the Mahabharata has two, two larger explanations of the gunas that, that really explain how the gunas interrelate with each other and how each guna has a, a sattvic version, a rajasic version, and a tamaguna version. Right. So you, you get combinations that... And variety. And variety. Well, I mean, so for example, when the gunas, because there's three, relate in this way, the possible combinations is 8,400,000. That's how many species of life there are. That's the combinations of the And the human, the human form is considered to be that where the gunas are most balanced. It's right in the middle. It's considered our human form according to Vedic uh, concept of living entities. Yeah. The very middle is the human being as we know it today. As we are today. Yeah. Um, Amanusha. Amanusha, yeah. Um, Anara. And so what it means is that the human being has a balanced guna profile. Right? Now, it can have that balanced profile and still lean towards Thomas too much. Yeah. It can lean towards Rajas too much. Yeah. And it can lean towards Sattva, which is good. It's better to be lean towards. leaning towards Sattva than it is to lean towards Tamas or Rajas. But at the end of the, the section, it's, I think it's a talk by Brahma he's teaching. And he says at the end that the reason why a person should understand the Gunas and lead a life predominated by Sattva is so that he can actually properly enjoy all three the Gunas properly. Right. Because it's not really so. Let's then let's we've talked about Thomas, Thomas. a little bit. Now yeah. we understand the value of Thomas. It has value. It's not to be discarded. Yeah. Rajas. So, like for example, just to go back for one second. So, rest your body's ability yeah. to recuperate. Yes, that's that's tamaguna. Tamaguna. Yeah. yeah. And why you see certain things that are tamasic are actually very healthy and good for yes. the body. Yeah, certain medicines. Garlic. Yeah, this tamagun, but it also helps the body right. in the right time, at the right dose. But if you took it all the time, it would, it would actually, apparently it, it messes with sensory reaction time, a motor reaction time, and the brain's ability to send messages to the senses to react on time. So people, I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that pilots are not actually that, yeah, suggested well. to 
to or allowed or I think it might be allowed or at the least it's suggested not to consume garlic yeah. because it has an effect on um, reaction time. So if you're an athlete or if you're um, a fighter or if you're a um, anyone who has to make quick decisions, anyone has to use their body quickly and respond to new stimuli quickly, you, you might want to observe the difference when you do consume garlic regularly versus when you don't. And, right. and, and according to this philosophy, now I haven't experimented with this, so I can't yeah. say, but it, it's worth investigating for people right. to investigate how they feel when they eat garlic regularly versus when they don't. But garlic is still medicinally valuable when you have certain types yeah. of sickness that if you take garlic, it's very powerful which Ayurveda agrees with and has as part of many medicines. Yeah. But it's seen as tamasic. Now, let's talk about rajas. So, the general idea of rajas is that it's it's like it's like the action that is well, it's in action, self-motivated action. It's considered to be, you know, for the for the, a, the achieving a goal. Achieving a goal. It's goal-oriented, but when you really look into some of the more elaborated conceptions of rajas, it's action. Straight up, period. It's any action, movement. Rajas means movement. So if you get up and walk from one place to the next, that's rajas. If you're, inter if you're doing business, that's rajas. If you're doing law, that's rajas. If you're doing study, that's rajas. All these things that are action-oriented, that require movement from one place to the next, whether it's in intellectual pursuit, physical pursuit, all that is predominated by the quality of movement, which is rajas. It's passion, creative. So if you're an artist, energetic. It's, it's energetic. It's, it's an expression. It's going from A to B. It's not staying at A. Right. right? Which is why Brahma is the guna avatar. Of rajas. He's manifest creating the world and then actually he governs it. Hmm. Right? Now, sattva. Sattva guna, I, I've been able to understand, is predominantly awareness. It's sattva. Sattva means to see the truth or to be in truth. So it means Going towards truth. Va is like a, is a, comes from a root, is, is part of a root category of things that, that vas, to live, to stay. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's an indication. Raja means to wander uh, or to be, to yeah. roam, right? To, to witness. So it's also truth, right? So the, the truth is not an action. Yeah. It's knowledge. It's an awareness. It's an awareness of, of the knowledge. What is. Right? So jnana, jnana and sattva, they're not really separate. It's like... When I want to act, I should act in a sattvic way, which means I should act with awareness of what is true, of what is the true nature of the action, uh, the right method, the right tools, the why, the, the when, why, the, where. the where, the when, all the details. I should be aware. Um, and this can be, and also that means your motivation is you're being motivated by truth because you're, it's being done. From a place of awareness. Yeah, well, let's use, the, let's use the idea that sattva means to move towards truth. Right. So that means to, to be, yeah, so in action, moving towards truth, 
but that set apart is, is psychological. The is the awareness. It's not any of the active It's none of the active principles. And so then when we discuss food that is sattvic, we mean food that encourages awareness, mm. is promoting awareness. And when we, act, when we talk about actions that are sattvic, we're actually referring to their assistance the in the, in the, to awareness. So this is mindfulness. Like in Buddhism, that's a really, really common concept of really important. You know, the Satipatthana Sutta really establishes the meditative practice. The Satipatthana Sutta is a ceremony by the Buddha about mindfulness of the body, the breath, the, um, the thinking, and the emotions. When a person can actually maintain a perfect uninterrupted awareness of those four things, he remains in the present moment, clearly and in truth. He can learn to become honest with himself, mm. right? He's, and so this is, a, this, you know, this is a technique of relaxation. For example, uh, anyone at home who's listening to this can try this. If you feel that in your body there is a point of tension, discomfort, your natural tendency is to try to ignore it, right? Mm. But a more effective way to deal with it is to become more and more aware of it and then to learn to feel it very acutely and notice what happens when you actually do this. Like for example, uh, you, can, you can hold out your right palm, right? And then you can begin to become aware of the sensation in your right palm, right? Mm. Within a few moments, you should actually begin to feel acutely your hand, mm. right? And after a little bit more time, you might feel like it actually begins to become warm. Mm. You feel the sensations more acutely, you feel the temperature, right? You can then become aware of the actual pulsation in the palm something you were previously completely ignorant to. Right. It was going on before, but it was irrelevant. Right. But now you can actually feel the sensation of your pulse in your palm. And you also notice that in order to get more and more aware of what's going on in your palm, you need to relax your palm. And when you relax your palm more and more, you become more aware of more going on. Because mm. you're zeroing in, you're focusing, then everything starts to come out that you can, you can feel. You, if you have problems in your hand, you probably feel them. So like my hand right now, as I'm doing this, is like tingling. Yeah. And that is, that, that is the, the use of sattva in the body. And that is the basis for meditation. Because that, that when I'm directing my awareness to something, right, it actually guides prana there. Mm. I can heal my hand to some extent. There's limitations, obviously. Yeah. But when prana starts to go, blood flow increases, um, 
blood flow increases, it also starts to send the free, the, 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 um, signals start to send from my hand to my brain. That's what's going on. There's like, yeah. a, so also then as far as I understand, I can't make any medical claims. As far as I understand, the brain actually begins to communicate more effectively to the hand. So if there were problems in the hand, it would be more hmm. efficient to actually solve those problems, initiate healing responses properly and, and actually correct. So sattva corrects as well. It, so that you see Vishnu is the Sattva-gunavatar. Right. So he's the one who's aware of everything. Right. And see, the thing is that he's always asleep. Yeah. He's always sleeping. So the gods always go to him, wake him up, and say, you have to help us. And then he incarnates and he solves the problem. Right? But Sattva-guna, for most people... It's so funny because he's sleeping and Shiva's in constant meditation. Yeah, well, the only one who's constantly awake is Brahma, right? Brahma's the only one who's constantly active. He's motivated. He's... So I'm just commenting on the flip, the apparent seeming flip of Shiva. Well, he, Shiva's not meditating when he destroys. Right. Right? So Shiva is until it's time for him to destroy. Which is a, a really important thing to understand about Shiva is he is the opposite aspect of sattva. He's the tamagun aspect of sattva. He's not oh, tamagun. He's not, right, I understand what you're saying. And similarly, Brahma is the rajagun aspect of sattva. He is not rajaguna. He, Brahma is what happens when you actually use your awareness to create. Hmm. You know, and Vishnu is what happens when you use your awareness to maintain. And Vishnu and Shiva is when you use your awareness to destroy, which is why if you want to get out of the material world, really, if you actually want to get liberation, you are told and taught in the Bhagavatam to connect to Lord Shiva. Because he is withdrawing attention from, from the material world. world. That's a very interesting way of putting it. He's meditation. Yeah. He is the embodiment of meditation. He is meditation. Vishnu is Yoga Nidra. Hmm. Yoga Nidra is a massively therapeutic process that is very, very good for the body and for, for recuperating. It's for maintenance. Hmm. From Yoga Nidra, you can begin to develop many, many different types of opulences because you slowly learn how to relax properly even while you're in the world. Mm. But if you actually want to get out, then Shiva is the proper pathway. But the devotee, see, this is the difference between a jnani and a bhakta. The jnani wants out. Yeah. So he wants to so follow Shiva. Yeah. Right? So he sacrifices his action yeah. to the fire of inaction and he essentially catches on to what Lord Shiva is doing. He goes that way and he follows Lord Shiva. Yeah. Whereas the Bhakta, he catches into what Vishnu is doing and decides it's better to help this world than get out. It's better to serve Krishna 
or Vishnu or your Ishtadeva in the Vishnu Tattva category in this world and to aim than to, to aim to leave it. Mm. That is superior. That is by far superior. And this is why, typically speaking, jnanis, they will eventually, they're being cheated to an extent. Because their endeavor to get out is their disobedience to Guru, Shiva himself. How do you frame that thought? Shiva stays in the world. Right. He doesn't leave. He doesn't leave. He performs his duty. Always. According to Balaram's dictates, always. Perfect servant. Mm. He, he, he marries Mr. Maya, material energy, with a smile on his face. And so the Vaishnav, who follows Shiva as a Vaishnav, does the same. Does the same. Oh, snap. Wow. And so then the whole thing becomes less about anything other than perfecting your love for Krishna and serving Krishna no matter where you are, when you are. And then the whole idea of where the spiritual world is changes. It's here. It's the present moment. And, and, and it's not it's not something to be see because sattva itself is not striving yeah it, it's a, so if you fully accept sattva guna properly you accept here and now the truth not is. there and then past present future yeah. Now is Sattva Guna. Future is Raja Guna. Past is Tamaguna. So, and also, then, then, when we turn our awareness to the past, Tamaguna properly, we learn our mistakes. Right. So there's again the benefit of Tamaguna. If it has Sattva. If we use our Sattva with it. We turn back and look at what we've done. And we awareness. reflect with awareness. Honest awareness. Not biased awareness. Mm. Like, you have, you, you have to be able to handle the truth. Like, you have to be able to handle that you've made mistakes that have costed you and possibly other people some severe consequences. Right. And you have to be able to look at that and say, okay, I've done that. I'm taking responsibility I'm not going to blame anybody else. Mm. Don't, you know, that's sattva guna, proper. It's, it's, it's purely psychological. It's purely consciousness. But it's not even consciousness at the level of the soul. It's just... It's your, conscious what you're dealing with. Yeah. And so then knowledge in the mode of goodness is considered to be the impersonal Brahman. So all those people who think that they're sattvic and they're not Brahman realized, they have to recognize. They haven't quite got there yet. They're not sattvic. Because they haven't recognized the, the truth. They're, they don't realize, they, they're not aware of where Rajas is coming up, how... where Tamas is coming up. Now, don't get me wrong. Look, 
I'm not talking about any specific person and anybody yeah. anybody sitting back home going, how dare you say anything about me? I'm talking about me. Yeah. Like anything that I'm talking about, I'm applying it to me. When I say they, I really do mean me that I've witnessed in my own life when I've, you know, purposely or accidentally ignored the truth. Mm. And I, you know, and, and so one of the big, the big, the big, um, the big problems. We got interrupted, so we're um, starting back up from where we were left off. And I was talking about diverging from truth purposely or accidentally ignoring the truth for any variety of reasons. What happens when we do that? We fall and we begin to systematically create more and more suffering for ourselves. We create situations and um, events and um, we walk a path that's wrong. Right, because it's, it's inherently untruthful. Yeah, it's based entirely on, in falsehood. On a delusion. Or this is basically is a better word. Yeah, this is base basically when what the material world really is. is. It's not really this world per se. Yeah, it's the material world, meaning the material world of state, what matter. the material condition. Yeah, material so you, state is a good way to put it. It's a manifest state. Yeah, it's solid material. And ag again, matter. this is the interesting thing about truth. Is that in the yogic or tantric or even vedantic concept of truth is it's not static yeah the gross elements gross manifestation is static a chair is a chair yeah. and a car is a car and a tree is a tree and a human is a human whereas the truth is considered to be dynamic see infinity paradox well, not only in terms of oneness and difference or infinite infinite, but well, but I mean it's not one. So, for example, we I mean, say the truth, then we have to now discuss the truth in regards to what. Yeah. You you know what I mean. So then, you know, the truth about how to make a, how to write a book is different than the truth about how to act. Um in a way that will grant you prosperity, so to speak. Okay. But they're all but they're both truth. Right? Right? So when you say for example, when we we talk about Krishna as the absolute truth. We're saying that he is the truth in which all other truths are contained. He is the summum bhomum. That's what Prabhupada used to say. So he's the sum total of all truths. Which is why he has to include personhood. Yeah. And he cannot be solely impersonal. Well, that's why I say go take it back to the infinity paradox. The infinity paradox is the... And that kind of truth is called 
Vishuddha Sattva. Vishuddha Sattva. The heart, it's, so it's... V means the... Vishuddha means to be the highest purity of truth. Of truth. Vishuddha Sattva. The highest standard or the highest concept of truth. Vishuddha Sattva. As Vasudev. Is the supreme light, supreme being of light, yeah. truth, but not relative truth. It's like the concept of Indra's net. Yeah, you know the idea of a view that contains all views is the only view worth holding. Mm. Not one particularly limited view. Or not one overly expanded view which negates all limited views. Right. Right, so you, you can't have a view that's so all-inclusive that it means absolutely nothing. Yeah, which is how the <clears throat> certain kind of jnanis try to negate Krishna's personhood. Right. They try to, <clears throat> like, uh, like the concept that, which is, you know, pretty prevalent which is that uh, doesn't really, you know, all the devas are, are essentially God and he's expressing himself in various forms, but in a sense the form is irrelevant. Right. So it becomes irrelevant, so their personhood is irrelevant. It's not... Right. They, they would even, they would even negate it the as same. a truth, mm. which just becomes a maya body. Right. Right? They're saying that that form is Product not, not inherently true. Right, and so you get there. Whereas, and where does that lead emotionally and, and psychologically? That leads to the tendency to either exploitation or nihilism. Or nihilism, yeah. Because you essentially reduce God to nothing. And so, I like um, when I like I love this Jarasandha story. And it's this story is is describing exactly what we're talking about right now. Where you have um, Jara mm -hmm. Samda means uh, joining at two parts, right? Technically, it means he was joined in two parts by the witch Jara, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you take the two syllables, you have Ja and Ra. Ja is the Jala Bija. Mm -hmm. And Ra is the, the Fire, Fire Bija. So when you put it in that order, Ja Ra, you're putting the water and you're throwing it in the fire. Right? It evaporates. Another, another meaning of it, Jara, is uh, like old age. Mm -hmm. Because, or aging. Aging. Because it's your loss of vitality. Water. The Jala is your vitality. It's your blood. Your yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so when you... You evaporate that away. It indicates time, one, because it takes time to, for water to evaporate. Mm -hmm. um, but it's that loss of vitality, one way to look at it. Mm -hmm. But the clue is, to me anyhow, in the name, joining it two parts. So it's taking you jara, samda. The samda is telling you in two parts, jara. It's two syllables, ja and ra. Mm -hmm. So in the story... 
Jarasandha, he is, um, sorry, we're taking this on a slight tangent from Gunas, but it sort of fit in the spot where we were talking about. Um, he comes at the phase just after Kamsa is killed. Right? So Krishna goes to Mathura. He's brought there by Akrura to save, ultimately, to save Vasudeva and Devaki. Akrura tells Krishna that, hey, your, your mother and father are in prison. Please come and mm-hmm. come to Mathura. Right? That's how he he's able to convince Krishna of the need to leave Vrindavan. So Krishna goes with Akrura to Mathura and he rescues Vasudeva and Devaki from the prison. Right? Mm-hmm. And Kamsa is at the stage of um, Kamsa's ego. It's desire born of ego or is the Kamsa? Who is that? Mm-hmm. As far as I see, it's like ego, right? So when Krishna comes, he kills Kamsa. It's at the stage of where the, the religious, well, not religious, the pious person is, is just coming to the transcendental platform. Vasudeva mm-hmm. and Devaki, piety and spiritual consciousness, mm-hmm. right? And he's coming to the platform of self-realization, but he's just at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So at that point, Jarasandha starts attacking. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's indicative of the fact that when you come to the Brahman platform, because the first realization, self-realization starts at Shantaras, the Brahman platform. Mm-hmm. And without devotional service, Without engaging with Krishna, you can only process that experience intellectually. And the truth, as it seems to be, is, is this, uh, it seems to negate the person. Right. It seems to. Right. And so, and, and it seems to, like the myths, we were talking about the gunas, how the uh, attack on rajas and Thomas. Mm-hmm. But the first one is Rajas, action. So Arjuna's there on the battlefield and he's telling Krishna, I don't want to act because nothing I could see, I, I'm seeing two futures here. Mm-hmm. I could act like this or I could act like this, like I could win or I could lose. If I win, I lose. If I lose, I lose. Mm-hmm. I don't want to act. Better I don't act. I should just go to the forest, mm-hmm. sacrifice my action, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, when they come to the spiritual, the first spiritual platform, then that story, if we were to take it in that view, that story is Jarasandha is capturing all the Rajas and right. he's sacrificing them to Shiva. Right. That's what he's doing. That's yeah, what's yeah. pissing Krishna off. In the end, Krishna said, ah, oh, this guy. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. He's doing this big, he wants to do a human sacrifice and he's going to sacrifice a thousand kings. Not just anybody. He's going around and getting all the kings, the rajas. Mm. So it's the tra- at that point, the transcendentalist, having seen the first glimmer, of, glimmer truth. of truth, thinks, ah, I have to sacrifice my rajas yeah. into Shiva, my consciousness. Right. Right, and in doing so, in that truth, he tries to to assault Krishna. Yeah, and in particular, he is assaulting Mathura. So Mathura is um, 
it means to churn. So it's like the butter pot. It's the butter pot. And which is the emotion. And it's also the ocean milk. The spiritual emotional. That's right. So we've we've already the ocean of milk, like the churning of the ocean of milk, the whole story of the churning of the ocean of milk. Matura is that. Mm-hmm. And it is a when when Vasudev and Devaki in the beginning of the story, they're arrested and go to prison in Matura mm-hmm. because that Matura is a material world. Right. It's the reflection of the Matura mm-hmm. principle, which is an eternal truth that consciousness will interact with itself always mm-hmm. and it'll churn the experience. Right. Right? So he's attacking the experience. He's attacking, he's trying to actually, he's trying to usurp Matura. He's trying to take it. Mm-hmm. Right? And then mm-hmm. Krishna defeats him 17 times. Every time he tries to grab Krishna, the, the fact of the matter is, is that this grabbing the truth, the, the reality is, is that the truth reveals itself to itself. Right. Well, to its to its seeker. Yeah. Right. And so, um, he he reveals himself. So then, um, and in the last bit, Jarsan is chasing him. Krishna leaves the battlefield. I don't know what it means. He leaves the battlefield. Right. And Jarsan is running and running and Krishna is walking and he can't catch him. And it's like that line from Brahma Samhita that the, the mystic yogis or the jnanis, the power of the mind for millions of years will never be able to, to catch Krishna. Mm. They'll never be able to get him, grab him. Because they have to actually learn to attract him. They have to attract him. He has to... Well, it to. goes to say, like, um, you know, there's the tantric saying that in order to worship Vishnu, one has to become Vishnu. Um, I think that we can look at that Krishna is all attractive yeah. and the devotee has to become attractive to Krishna. To Krishna. Yeah. So he has to, one of the, one of the cheeky things that I think I like about Mahaprabhu, he said that he was asked why he stands near Garuda Stamba yeah. to see Jagannath. And he said, well, Garuda is Krishna's pure devotee. Jagannath's pure devotee and Jagannath is always looking at Garuda and Garuda is always looking at Jagannath but if I stand next to Garuda he might see me. there's a chance he might see me mm-hmm. and also you know Prabhupada said several times don't try to see Krishna but try to be in such don't a way that Krishna will see Krishna. you so this has to go into you know it comes to that uh, that other idea that we 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 threw around before a long time ago with cheat the cheater. Yeah. And Krishna is uh, the all attractive cheater and and the devotee has to figure out how to cheat the cheater. cheat him <laughs> to capture him. You know the 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 whole play of Krishna's boyhood prankster prankster um he's all attractive and yet you want him to be attracted to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this this is becoming Krishna in the sense of becoming Krishna's devotee as being all attractive to Krishna. And so there's two paths two pathways to that. Two pathways to attracting Krishna. One is to follow Balaram hmm. and one is to follow Radharani. Both of them are attractive to Krishna. And they're attractive to Krishna for two different reasons. Those who follow Balaram attract Krishna 
by providing Krishna everything he needs, by taking care of Krishna. Everything that he needs, he's got it. And those friends, and they are all cowherd, and they are all protecting him, and they're all providing for him. And in, in some ways, they're providing for each other. Actually, the cowherd boys are responsible for taking care of all of the gopis. Their job is to protect Krishna's energy. And so it goes to say that a devotee who is in a male body would do well to attract the grace of Krishna by providing for the devotees, protecting the devotees, the, 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 the devotees especially the gopis or the women and children, and cows, and the rivers, and the land, and the seas, that he should become the pious king, the Yudhisthiras, and the Janakas, who would actually die to protect others. And those who follow Balaram, Those who follow Balaram can do so in two ways, as the king or as the sage. Hmm. Don't lie about who you are, but you should be honest enough to follow who you are truly. So the sage, he serves under the guidance of Lord Shiva by constantly absorbing the impiety of everyone and purifying that. He acts for the purification of everyone else, for their benefit, for their happiness. And he lives as long as he possibly can. You know, some of these sages, you know, they live for hundreds of years, right? And their main purpose is that most people are either too absorbed or too ignorant to purify themselves. Mm. Let me help. Mm. I will purify them. So they go and they bathe in the rivers. And they go and they perform the tapasya and their sacrifices and their japas and their. These things are for the benefit of everybody. And they're following in the, in the method of Lord Shiva. And then others follow in the method of Balaram. to establish the plow and the mace. Shiva establishes the trident in the Damaru. The trident. The trident. And the Damaru, the Damaru is the sound of mantra. Hmm. It, the Damaru is the sound of Guru's it's word. Vibration. The sound of Guru's word. The Damaru is like, is the highest truth. It's two, two notes. It's just 
the know, oscillation just... of two sides of the, the the spectrum, bringing both sides of the spectrum into balance, that there's duality and there's unity, and you sing both, bringing out. So da is giving maru. Yeah. Da maru. Um, da maru. Da giving purification to the mind. Ru is when you when you put the oo syllable, it's heavy, it makes it really heavy, hardcore. Yeah, it was very heavy. Like and the sound the of ra, the real dhamma is ra. intense. It's the sound that most people hear death. before death. It sounds like a helicopter in your own head, like a really intense helicopter-like sound. So the trishula. And the trishula, trishula is the, is the three, threefold threefold knowledge. So you have to understand the aparavidya, which means the uh, avidya or yeah. maya. Yeah. Then you have to understand paravidya, means the transcendental state. Yeah. And then you have to learn understand para apara. How they meet the, together. The, how they are blended together as one principle. So it's duality, non-duality, and and beta beta or non-dual duality or non-duality duality ah. it's the yin and yang the trident is really no different than the yin and yang see the yin and yang has two sides white and black yeah but the eye of white is black and the eye of the white uh, eye of black is white but it's also in just one circle yeah it's also just one thing yeah most people just kind of go it's dualism it's like no, no, can't be just dualism. It's one thing. Anyway, um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this discussion. Um, we'll, we'll probably return to these ideas again in the future. Um, uh, um, but until next time, we'll see you guys later. Jai Thai. Thank you very much. Haribo. Hare Krishna.